What's up, everybody? Adam Nitty here. So excited. Today, I've got Keith Carlock with me. Keith played on my new tune called Zombies on my new album, The World is Loud. And man, Keith, you took it to a whole nother level. Um, what an honor to, to get to play with you here in, in Nashville and, uh, and to get to work with you on this, on this record. Zombies was a really important tune for this album because it's kind of like a... Um, it's kind of like a, a, a social social statement warning, you know, about us being so detached from one another, you know, through technology, the irony of being, you know, detached through, through technology. So the tune, it's, it's got sort of a stern warning to it. And it really, it really depended on the rhythm section being super forward and driving and all that. And, um, Man, it was so awesome what, what you what you brought to this. I really believe it helped make make this tune what it was. But I would just I wanted to ask you kind of what was how did you receive the the tune? We we've played together for a long time. We've worked together, but we haven't necessarily worked together in the context of of rock, right? We've done a lot of stuff that yeah. you know has been like fusion oriented. But but were you surprised to get something like that from from me because it was different, you know? I was totally surprised. Um, you know, it's been great playing with you all these years. So, of course, I was thinking it might be on the lines of, of your other solo stuff. Um, I was going to be happy to play whatever it was, but I was like, oh, man, he's going in like this prog rock direction. And and um, and I know we both kind of around the same age, you grew, grew up listening to a lot of that stuff. And and uh, so I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so fun. Something something different and something going back to my roots. You know, because that really that music really influenced me a lot. You know, growing up, that kind of vibe, um, and uh, yeah, I was excited to play on it, and just kind of went back to that, you know, to those days of listening to a lot of music that had, uh, you know, groove and energy, but but it, there's all these time signature changes and great melodic you know, great melody on top of it all. Yeah, those just, those influences okay. from back in the day, the, you know, like the 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 prog stuff that 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 you're referring to. Like for me, it was so much like Rush and Yes and and even like Led Zeppelin and and bands like that. And and um you know those were my first those are my first bass heroes. Um I don't know about about you for drums. Was it the same way for you? Were, were you attracted to the drums as much as you were to the to the music? Yeah, I definitely the drum. I mean, Rush was huge for me. Um, I was really into Rush, you know, like that, that band too, man. changed my life. It was kind of the um, in between listening to a lot of R&B and maybe radio rock stuff. Um, it was like that the path going finding jazz later, you know, it was just getting more sophisticated, my tastes. And that that was a transition period, you know, finding all this other stuff. Um, but I love it. I mean, yes, you said yes, right? Like, um, yeah. Kansas and that, that oh, kind Kansas, of, of course. Yeah, another my, the first it. song I ever learned on bass was carry on wayward son. That was my very first tune oh, wow. I ever learned. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was that was huge. So that's, that's super cool, man. And, you know, thanks to technology, you know, in spite of this crazy, you know, pandemic thing, we were able to, to do this remotely. And I see, it looks like I'm assuming you're seated in your, in your drum studio at, at home. 
Yeah, I am. <laughs> I mean, thanks to this, I mean, it's weird to say thanks. Yeah, I guess right. It, it took a pandemic for me to finally get this together. I've been such a road dog for so many years, and uh, I always just said I'll get around to it one day, you know. But to be able to do this from home has been incredible, especially during this year of, of no touring. So I think your tune was one of the first ones. Yeah, I think you know? the timing worked back, out in that yeah. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was just getting things dialed in and set up and trying to learn Pro Tools like as fast as possible. And um, I've had a lot of help, you know, from yeah. some, some friends. But, but yeah, man, I think um, this has been great. I've had... A lot, a lot of people wanting me to play and on their stuff, and it's it's been really busy, you know. Considering that's so great, that's so that's great. Yeah, it's definitely the season for remote sessions. So, are you available to to do that for for other people? Anyone who might be watching this? Uh, definitely. How would you know? how would they how would they best get in in touch with you if they were interested in hiring Keith Carlock to to play on their music? <laughs> well, I mean the. The email management at keithcarlock.com is probably the best, okay. but you can also, you can find me on, you know, the usual All social the socials, media platforms. And, the and, usual suspects. Yeah. That's awesome, man. <laughs> and, you know, just send me a message or whatever. Cool. Well, Keith, man, what a blessing to, to have you on, on this record. I, I, uh, I really am honored to, to have you as, as a part of it. Can't wait till we finally play in person, play together in person again. Oh, uh, it's been be way too long. But, um, I was going to mention, man, I, I don't know if people know yet, but or if I should say, but you're you're singing your butt off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't, um, remember, I, I don't know if you were like, you know just testing the waters or yeah. if you weren't sure at the moment, but you're like, I'm probably going to get someone else to sing it. I'm like, no, man, you need to sing it. Keep this. It sounded great. Do you know, and I'm not just saying this, it was honestly, it was your, it was your um, encouragement that was the impetus to, for me to really get serious about deciding to, to, to do that on the record. And um, yeah. So, so thanks for, for prodding. It, <clears throat> it, it ended up making the project take even longer than I had hoped. But, um, but you know, there's, Sounds I'm great. telling some pretty deep stories through, through some of these, these songs. Cause it's, man, it's been a heck of a year and it's been a heck of a, heck of a season period outside of, of music, you know, with other stuff that we've been dealing with on, on our end. But, um, but yeah, man, what an encouragement to have, you know, someone like, like you and there's been a couple a couple other, musicians too that I also trust that I kind of shared it with them and, and everybody's been really encouraging. So, so yeah. I'm yeah. So all, to, all you Adam fans out there, get ready. <laughs> I wanted people who, who saw this to kind of have a chance to, to hear more about some of the behind the scenes, especially like for my selfish interest, you know, with the recording process for you, I know that once this pandemic started, it was, um, it was important to, for people to, to get their, their own, recording studios happening at home and you set up one, you got Pro Tools going, you were telling me, and I don't know, you probably have 50 drum kits at the house to choose from, I don't know. But, <laughs> but um, man, can you just talk a little bit about your foray into this home recording thing? And I mean, if you wanna even go into sharing like the, some of the gear that, that has been most helpful to you or, or what you're playing, man, I, I would love to hear it. I'm fascinated, I'm a nerd. I uh, love hearing about that, that stuff. Yeah. Um... Well, thanks for having me, man. Good yeah. to see you. Uh, um, you know, I 
I had to do something after the initial shock of, of uh, things shutting down, especially touring. Um, I'm like, okay, uh, I got to figure out what to do with myself and, and get through this time because it's, it's still uncertain as to when things will come back to how they were. Um, and I've always wanted to be able to record from home. Um, you know, it's not a new concept, but for me it is just because I, I just never had the time to get it together. And, um, and I was always able to use friends studios and I could still do remote stuff, but I could just go to, you know, like Whitt Whitaker's place or yeah. whatever, or if maybe I'd have to, you know, um, rent a studio for the day or something, if it made sense. But um, anyway, I just said, I'm going to go for it. We had a room in our house that was basically my drum room, you know, where I just store everything. If you want to look. Oh, sweet. Oh, wow. There's presents everywhere right now. It's a mess. But, That's a um, sizable room, man. Lots for, of drums uh, over there. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a bonus room in yeah. the house. And um, luckily, the drums just naturally sound really good in here because the ceilings are really high. You know, it's probably, I don't know, at least... 12 to 15 feet high. I mean, it's really high ceilings. Can you just so really a, quick, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but why are high ceilings more advantageous for, for your, for your drums? I think just to get a room, a big room sound, you know, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm not an acoustic guy. I don't really know all the physics. I don't, I'm not, that's not my expertise, but I just know when I'm playing in a room that sounds good and it's inspiring, that, that then I, I'm happy and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have That's to so treat cool. this room, which is crazy, you know? Um, so I uh, I went to Mark Hornsby, you know, at Sweetwater. I said, yeah. hey man, I know I need to get an interface. I know I need to get my thing happening. I got Pro Tools, you know, right away. Um, so he recommended the Universal Audio X8P interface mm -hmm. for drums and it comes with all the Neve or, you know, you can get all the Neve plugins and stuff that sounds great. So I got two of those eventually. I had one for a while. Um, and so I have two of those I have linked together. So I have, you know, 16 channels I can use. Sometimes I, I use a lot of room. So I guess since I did this, this track for you, I've changed things up a bit. Okay. So I have, I have like four room mics around the, the whole area. Uh. Uh, like a stereo left and right, and then one this far, and then one right behind me. Is really, it's like a third overhead, you know, gotcha. but it kind of captures from behind. Um, so everything's sounding really good. Um, and that's basically what I did. I just I just had to get some friends over here and that knew this stuff way better than me and just helped me learn what I needed to know to track drums. And, um, and I'm still, you know, learning, uh, some editing stuff and punches. And for a while I had to just do full takes cause I didn't know what else to do, you know? That's old school, legit tracking, is it not? I mean, yeah. that's how it used to be done. And I love it. I love yeah. capturing a great performance. It's from, you know, beginning to end. And mostly that's what I've been doing because um, that's just how I am. But, <laughs> but it, it would be nice sometimes you get these tracks that make more sense doing things in, in sections and kind of just doing it that way instead of all the way through. So anyway, I'm getting a lot better at that. Um, oh, and the mics I had, um, you know, all the years of, of touring with Steely Dan, I had these earthworks 
mics that I use. Yeah, on the road. I love those mics. I've got another. There's another drummer friend of mine, Jason Palmer. He also played on the album. He's a huge Earthworks advocate, <laughs> and man, that stuff is fantastic. It really is. It just captures everything really natural. Um, when I'm mixing a drum kit using Earthworks mics, and I don't know any of the model numbers or anything, all I know is that I don't have to just by default start scooping out problem areas. It's like whatever they're doing, it's incredible for capturing a very a more accurate bandwidth to what you would hear if you were in the room. It's incredible. Yeah, I love them. And um, I use them on everything. The toms and the overheads are incredible. SR25s. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been great because I already had those from the road. I just had them send them to me. They were in storage in New York. And so I have everything here, all my mics. And um, I have a cool little setup, you know, and it's like I said, it luckily sounds really good in this room. And yeah. I, that's really, I mean, I haven't, it's, it wasn't a science. I didn't think it through too much. I just went went for it and was really lucky that it's, you know, it sounds good. Which drum mm -hmm. kit did you use on on zombies? This one. Oh, cool, right sweet. That's um, that's a Gretsch kit. You know, of many different things put together over there. Yeah. <laughs> some USB customs, some uh, broadcasters, and um. Lots so of those are the same. Those are the same sizes too that you were using. Yeah, 10, cool. 12, 14, 16, and then a 22 inch bass drum. That's kind of my standard so setup. One thing about one thing about you, the first time I heard you, I mean, it was just, just you've got you've got a very unique style. I consider you a what I call a stylist uh, on the drums. A stylist is somebody who you hear their their unique voice. It's like you immediately know who it is playing. But the but beyond that, with with what you play and what you do man, your drum tone is also unique. And um, one of my favorite things about, about your kid and when you, when you record is you want them to sound open. In, you know, like, like your, your kick drum is not muffled as it might typically be in a lot of popular recording settings. And, and there is, there is a, a decay to, to, the, to the drums when you play them, especially your, your kick drum where did that come from? I mean, I, I haven't heard any, I haven't played with anyone else who has a drum sound like you. And it's, it's so alive and it, the best word I can think of is that it breathes and it's so fun to mix as well. So what, where did that come from? Is that a sound you already had, you always had in your head or something or? Um, it probably just morphed into whatever it is over the years, but um, you know, I went through, finding what my sound was by kind of putting um, kind of that John Bottom big fat bass drum thing happening, but everything else was tuned more. And I guess you could say it's more like a 60s and 70s R&B thing too, um, where drums were just tuned more open, like bebop style or even the R&B stuff from back in, the, you know, like, the stacks, some of the stacks recordings, or um, just where you would hear the tone of the drums. Yeah, um, they're not they're not like muffled. I like things to to ring. I like yeah. the overtones. 
as long as they're controlled. It seems um, like in most modern music, at least in the mainstream, that that just doesn't really exist as much. It seems like there it's it's more about from a, like a, an engineering perspective having more controlled type type sounds. It's not it's not as open. Mm -hmm. It's probably easier to deal with. Yeah. Now that I'm learning, now that I'm learning um, a little bit about this stuff um, and how things, when you put f other frequencies together with the drums, with the, with the other instruments, how, you know, how things change, you know, so maybe um, depending on the music, what I think a lot of the stuff that I would use that type of tuning in, which became my sound was with small groups, trios, where there was a lot of space that I, I can let all that stuff ring out and be really big, you know? That's great. Um, whereas maybe with a bigger ensemble or band, you know, it has to be a little more controlled. Um, but, you know, maybe not. I guess it just depends on the music and how much um, space there is for those tones to, to do their thing. When you're recording, is there anything that is kind of unique to, to you and your approach that maybe isn't typically, you know, used by, by, by other drummers? Like, is there, do you have any kind of like special sauce that, that you kind of, you kind of put into the recording process in terms of how you are actually recording your drums? Not really. I mean, I think it's just the way that I tune and the way that I, I play, you know, just trying to get a, a, a sound. I think what I want it to be is just to capture um, how I hear it, right? Like, I don't want to change the balance of the kit. Everything needs to just be, you know, really you should be okay with just overheads and a, maybe another mic out front, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but it's nice to have all those other options to bring it out if you need it, depending on the music, I guess, right? Was it for mixing? Was it, uh, was it the Led Zeppelin, was it the Runes album, Led Zeppelin 4, that they famously used only three microphones on Bottom's kit? Is that, is that right? Something like that? Isn't there? I, I, I don't know, but it's possible. Yeah. Because it kind of sounds that way sometimes to me, where it's yeah. just, they're really getting the room sound. And he doesn't hit that hard. Yeah. The engineers in the audience will know immediately what the yeah. reference is. But I remember having that, that conversation and just, you know, bottom line being how minimalistic, you know, the, the, the recording process was in terms of inputs and, and microphones and, and, and ironically how huge the sound was. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know, a, I know, a, I think a compressed room mic was, was part of that, but, you know. Yeah, that's that's fun stuff. I've, um, you know, I'm not a studio engineer by by trade, but I've but I've been mixing my own records for for many years, and and I actually mastered my my new album on my own, which is the first time I mastered my own record. And um, man, I'll tell you, the learning process, like you were alerting, uh, alluding to earlier, it just it never ends, and. Um, you can kind of go down these rabbit holes and get obsessed with certain things at times, <laughs> certain details that, you know, later on you realize, man, I didn't have to go quite that far with this. I could have kind of stayed where I, where I was, but it's, it's fun. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. For me, it gets really overwhelming. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to call my engineer friend over and help me out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to do a little at a time because it's a lot, you know, yeah. especially when, 
you're tracking drums by yourself. You know, like I miss, I miss having someone tell me, yeah, that's the one, or, or just something to bounce some ideas off of or whatever. Yeah. When you're by yourself, it, like I, I tend to just keep doing take after take, you know, and then just pick one. But um, do you feel like that messes with your flow of, of creativity? Does, does it, does it feel like it interrupts and then you have to get back into the mindset or does it, is it just a thing that just adds time to the process? Um, sometimes it works out for the better because I'm just learning the music better. And the more I play it, I feel like the better uh, my choices are. And maybe I'm getting more locked in with the feel of it and things are feeling better. And, you know, sometimes it works out to where doing a few takes is a good thing, you know, but other times it's just me just kind of, well, was that good? I guess it's good, but maybe I could do a better one. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm just, man, I just keep going. And then you go down that hole where, okay, now what, what am I going to do? I have to, I don't even want to listen to all of it. It's too much. Why didn't I just stop? You know, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm having fun. I want to play. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I so it's just fun. fun to play, but, <laughs> but it's funny how that can happen. But I was going to say, you know, we were talking a second ago about just the sounds of the drums, like, um, when we were talking about bottom for a second, just, you know, you see a lot of drummers online, like especially Instagram videos and stuff where they're just bashing the hell out of the drums, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the energy is amazing and it, it looks cool and all that, but the drums sound horrible, you know, because yeah. they're just hitting as hard as they can. And it's just, everything gets so choked sounding. Like there's no tone. Yeah, It's just all like harsh, you know, ugh, stuff happening. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Have you yeah, heard it's that? like it's it it's like <clears throat> it's mostly attack that you're hearing, right? And and not yeah, so, so if much. you if you kind of remember to, when you're recording, especially you know drummers, just you don't have to bash, you know, just things are going to breathe and sound so much better if you don't hit hard. You got to just be consistent within something. But if you can if you can master that, it's really important because it'll sound so much bigger playing less aggressive you know it Something gets thin that, that the great the, the great drummers you know like like yourself um they, you guys have an uncanny ability to be able to play with incredible intensity but without hitting super hard what is the what's the secret to that? What's the key to that? Cause that is, that eludes a lot of, of drummers. Um, and it's, it's, how do you combine intense energy without necessarily intense dynamics, bashing dynamics? How do you do that? It's just practice. I mean, for me, it's a technique thing and, um, use it. I use my technique is really, uh, kind of, um, well, it's just a bunch of stuff thrown together, really. But <laughs> I have this open-handed technique that allows me to get a lot of throw, but I'm not bashing into it. I have this, you know, I can use that, the physics of that throw, but it's, it's, um, it has, that's where the intensity comes from, if that makes sense. And yeah, the space like, does it have, this, when I see you play, it, al it almost looks like, and tell me, this, this could be totally wrong in terms of terminology and analysis. But when I, with the open-handed approach you're talking about, I see a ton of stick rebound in that. Mm -hmm. That safe yeah. is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. And does that so that's mean? Kind of, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Like the, a lot of the sound comes from that uh, approach being, being more uh, orchestral kind of where it's that it kind of feels like you're, you're pulling the sound out of the instrument uh. instead of digging, digging in and stopping, you know, um, where you get that shock, you know, this yeah. is like, it's more of a flow. Like I'm just letting it breathe and, and resonate, do its thing without bashing into it. But you, but having this flow up here, <laughs> sorry, this looks corny, but. No, no, this is great. <laughs> that's what, that's what feels like I'm hitting a lot harder. It might even look like yeah. I'm hitting harder than I really am. Interesting. Because I want to get the space between the notes right and consistent. And I'm not the type that can do that by playing like this. And a lot of people play like that now. And I don't, it's, it's something I'm not good at. I, I need to feel this, this up and down motion happening. Yeah. Yeah. That um, is so cool because immediately when you started talking about pulling the sound out, the way I relate to that on the bass is that um, when you're it, with fingerstyle playing, if you're, if you're plucking a note, you can keep a really rigid, you know, fingertip and, and kind of snap the string into, into vibrating as opposed to um, using a more, um, a smoother approach where you brush, it's more of a brush stroke across the string. Mm -hmm. And I liken that more to the pulling the, the tone out. It, um, they have two totally different sounds, the, those two, the subtleties in, you know, of, of those, of those techniques. And that's immediately what I thought of when, when you said that, because there are times you don't want it to sound sharp attack. You want it to be a smoother delivery Legato. of the note. Legato. Yeah, exactly. So that's really cool. Man, with all this home time we've had, what else have you been doing? I mean, outside of, outside of music, have you, do you have other hobbies or, or I know you've got an amazing family that you love to spend time with. Have you been able to enjoy any, any other stuff you typically wouldn't do on the road? Um, well, it, it would be being with my kids and my family more. That's been yeah. amazing. And that's been yeah. great. Um, and to just be a part of that daily routine, you know, cause usually I would be gone for six months and then come back and they'd have to warm up to me again. And I'd have to get used to being daddy and not the musician anymore. And like, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was this weird trade off all the time. This has been great. It's been pretty amazing. I feel closer to them and it's, that's been that's what I've been doing mainly, but um, I got to say, you know, just to um, another thing I've been getting into is some investing. Oh, cool. Uh, wow. You know, I, because I've always been a little reluctant to do that too. And I just said, you know, man, now's the time for that too. I got to like, you know, I got five mouths to feed here. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no, we don't, I don't know how long this is going to go, you know? I've always been a saver, but you don't yeah. typically save for two years of yeah. no, of what you the work that you're used to doing, right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It could be two years, you know. Sure. This. So, so I've been I've been kind of learning a lot about that. Um, what are you doing? Like are day trading, or are you doing? Uh, well, I mean, I did get lucky with with the. You know, back in March when things just went down for a minute, yeah. <laughs> I went. I went in. I'm like, okay, oh, I'm good. going for. It. I went in, and I had some great gains all year. That's just amazing. individual stocks, you know. 
And I had these mutual funds that I had for like over 10 years and I finally sold those. It, it made some money and it, you know, it's a slow process, but I'm like, you know, maybe I should just be a little more aggressive and go for it, you know? And I, it was a good year to start doing that because of what's been happening, you know, for sure. Um, so that's been another learning experience for me is just kind of getting more into that and realizing that us as musicians more than ever, we have to have other streams of income, yeah, you know, for the long, for the long term. Cause who I don't knows? know if you know this, you know I mean? but like, I, uh, I started software developer school a little over a month ago, um, oh, wow. which, which is, it, it's, it was, it was a twofold, um, you know, purpose, you know, decision, you know, one was, um, you know, not knowing the, the future, not, not having a crystal ball, not, not knowing what you might need to do to, to augment your, your music income, but also too, I've been working on computers, you know, most of my life, whether it's been in, you know, in, in school or, or music or writing or, or whatever. I mean, and I, I just kind of always have liked computers and the, you know, the, the concept of, of coding, I had, I had tried for a little bit when I was in college. I, for a very, very short time, I was a computer science major. When I first went to school, um, I went to school, I knew I wanted to do music. Like there was, that, that's where my passion was. There was, no, there was no argument. I wanted to do music. But my parents were very adamant about, you need to go to school, you need to get a backup degree because if music doesn't go, <laughs> go well for you, you need to have a way, you know, to still have a career. And um, as hard as I tried, man, I just couldn't get my, my head into the, the seriousness and dedication that is needed, you know, when you're, when you're studying something um, in, in college that you want to make a career. And so I just, I floundered in and out of different majors, trying to find something that I could sort of peacefully coexist with, you know, my, my music. And um, I was a computer science major for a short time. So that I got... I got hip to more programming and stuff. I didn't go real far with it. Cause I just, I couldn't hang, man. It's like that really required de dedication at the end of the day, after all this floundering, my, my parents and I finally sat down and realized that really the only way for me to kind of stay in school uh, was to become a music major. And so I, I became a jazz performance major, but um, you know, then I finally was having a synergy with, with my education between my education and my career goals but like a lot of people, um, I left college early. I didn't, I didn't finish because I wanted to go for it with, with music. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny how, how detached all of that, that path became, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm this, this, uh, certification program I'm doing now. It's like, you know, theoretically when I get done with it, I could just go out the next day and get a coding job, but that's you know, amazing. I, and you're home. Yeah. Yeah. It's an online based thing. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, it's like, that'll, that'll maybe provide options if, you know, God forbid nothing, nothing comes back, but it, it feels weird even having conversations like this with you. It's like, we wouldn't have had this conversation a year ago. We're like, we might commiserate about some of the challenges about being in the music industry and sort of like the roller coasterish nature sometimes of right. on tour, off tour in between, you know, like, but actually sitting here now and looking at, okay, where, what's another place that a primary source of income could theoretically come from, whether it's investing or another, um, you know, an, an augmented career uh, or, or an addition to, to what you're doing. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost surreal to have these conversations. I mean, I, I've, 
I've only had one career, you know, and this is, this has been it. So. Yeah. And I, maybe time. this is going to be, this is just, we're going to look back and we're going to be like that really sucked, but this, there's some really great stuff that came out of it. Yeah. I already feel like there already has, you know, obviously that's what we're talking about, but yeah. I think, I mean, I think this is just kind of like a wake up call, you know, for all of us. I mean, I think it's just the way that the business has been changing and where it's going and, you know, thank God touring has always been there, yeah. you know, but without that, you never thought this would happen. I mean, you never thought that, I mean, that's how everyone's really making their money. Well, you know? and, and to your point, you know, you, I know you remember there, the, the transition, you know, like sort of like the, the great page turn, as I like to refer to it, when the advent of digital media uh, that, that began the slow death of physical media, you know, like even, even CDs and stuff. I mean, I, I, this, this new album of mine is I'm releasing it in CD format. I have a lot of people that still want CDs, but the overwhelming majority of sales of my music is, is, is digital and, and it's, and it's streamed as well. I mean, overwhelming majority. I like having the CDs, you know, as, as an option for, for people, but when that transition started to happen and, and digital kind of became the, the new norm, um, I don't have to tell you that all of a sudden physical media and music as a medium, it, it was, it began to be devalued. So mm -hmm. nobody was making money on their music anymore. They had to make money on touring and merchandise. And that's still that, that way. So to have yeah. touring disappear and potential merch sales disappear from your tours and stuff, it is a huge deal. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm thankful we have a vaccine finally, and hopefully that's going to change things quicker than, uh, and I, I don't know. I've just been so like, um, I'm, I haven't had like the most hopeful outlook. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's understandable. I mean, like so. thing after another, but hopefully, hopefully by next fall, though, this will be under control in some yeah. way, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying the same and, and not only, for my own livelihood to, to get back out there, but also I want to go see some shows, <laughs> you know, I want to see some shows for, for my own enjoyment, you know, as, as well. Exactly. Yeah. I would love that. Well, you know? man, that's, that's great stuff. Um, man, I, I've so enjoyed having you and thank you so much for your, for your time. Um, Anything you want to share with anybody about anything else you're doing or, or how to get in touch with you? And, and man, I know you've been staying busy with, with remote sessions. Thank, thank goodness. And, um, you know, keeping it, keeping this whole thing going in, in spite of this, this slowdown, but um, anything else you can tell us that's, that's on the horizon or, or anything you want to share? Um, not, well, I basically, if you, if you need some drums on your music, I'm, I'm available because <laughs> I'm just sitting at home for another year, at least probably. Yeah. You hear that folks uh, need to take advantage of that. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm having fun with that actually. So it's just a totally new thing for me. So I've been having fun and learning a lot. Um, yeah. And just the usual, you can find me on social media stuff and get in touch about, you know, whatever. Awesome. So uh, yeah. Very cool, man. Well, Thank you, you again, man. Huge blessings on, on you and your family. And um, I'm so excited about this new record and, and uh, 
I can't wait to hear it all, man. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to, since you're local, I'll, I'm going to make a, a personal delivery for you and, and get out of the oh. house for once and, and, uh, yeah, come on, right on over and drop off a little care package for you. So, oh, awesome, man. Thank you. All can't right, wait to hear man. it. Well, have a great day. And, um, thank you all for, for watching. We'll see you next time.